0: Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Friday, February 9th, 2024. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Sam Altman wants to raise more money for his chip ambitions than the entire semiconductor industry. The feds might put the brakes on Microsoft's acquisition of Activision again. Is Ring raising its subscription doorbell prices too much? And of course, the weekend long-read suggestions. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. When I say it sounds like Sam Altman is serious about the hardware end of AI, I mean, it sounds like he's really serious. Sources are telling the Wall Street Journal that Sam Altman is in talks with investors, including the United Arab Emirates government, to raise funds for an AI chip initiative that would require raising as much as 5 to $7 trillion. Let me say that again. He's looking to raise 5 to $7 trillion with a T. Quote, The fundraising plans, which face significant obstacles, are aimed at solving constraints to OpenAI's growth, including the scarcity of the pricey AI chips required to train large language models behind AI systems such as ChatGPT. Altman has often complained that there aren't enough of these kinds of chips, known as graphics processing units or GPUs, to power OpenAI's quest for artificial general intelligence, which it defines as systems that are broadly smarter than humans such a sum of investment would dwarf the current size of the global semiconductor industry. Global sales of chips were $527 billion last year and are expected to rise to $1 trillion annually by 2030. Global sales of semiconductor manufacturing equipment, the costly machinery needed to run chip factories last year, were $100 billion, according to an estimate by the industry group Semi. The amounts Altman has discussed would be outlandishly large by the standards of corporate funding. Fundraising larger than the national debt of some major global economies and bigger than giant sovereign wealth funds. Total U.S. corporate debt issuance last year was $1.44 trillion, according to the Securities Industry and Financial Markets Association. The combined market capitalization of Microsoft and Apple, two of the highest valued businesses in the U.S., is roughly six trillion dollars quote. Altman has apparently met with UAE officials in recent weeks and with Massasan, of course. Now, aside from those eye-popping numbers, more money than the global semiconductor industry itself. Think of what this would do to the global startup investing ecosystem, even if this is largely done with debt or something like that. Middle Eastern sovereign wealth funds have increasingly been funding the venture capital industry in recent years. And you would think that Altman would need to raise from more than just them... So if a huge chunk of the global pool of investable money is tied up in something with a $5 trillion with a T valuation, what would that do to the available money for other startups, other investing? Meanwhile, sources are telling the Financial Times that OpenAI's annualized revenue hit $2 billion in December, up from $1.3 billion just back in October. And the company believes it can more than double that figure in 2025. So, you know arrow go up. Hot on the heels of that, Reuters says that NVIDIA plans to build a whole new business unit focused on designing custom chips, including AI chips, for cloud companies. Custom chips are already a $30 billion market. Quote, The dominant global designer and supplier of AI chips aims to capture a portion of an exploding market for custom AI chips and to protect itself from the growing number of companies interested in finding alternatives to its products. The Santa Clara, California-based NVIDIA currently controls about 80% of the market for high-end AI chips, a position that has sent its market value up 40% so far this year to $1.73 trillion after it more than tripled in 2023. NVIDIA's H100 and A100 chips serve as a generalized all-purpose AI processor for many of those major customers. But the tech companies have started to develop their own internal chips for specific needs. Doing so helps reduce energy consumption and potentially can shrink the cost and time to design. NVIDIA is now attempting to play a role in helping these companies develop custom AI chips that have flowed to rival firms such as Broadcom and Marvel Technology, according to the sources who declined to be identified because they were not authorized to speak publicly. NVIDIA does not disclose a 100 prices which are higher than for the prior generation a100 but each chip can sell from $16,000 to $100,000 depending on the volume purchased and other factors. Meta has said it plans to bring its total stock to 350,000 H100s this year. NVIDIA officials have met with representatives from Amazon, Meta, Microsoft, Google, and OpenAI to discuss making custom chips for them, according to two sources familiar with the meetings. Beyond data center chips, the company has pursued telecom, automotive, and video game customers. In 2022, NVIDIA said it would let third-party customers integrate some of its proprietary networking technology with their own chips. The company has said nothing about the program since, and Reuters is reporting its wider ambitions for the first time." Meanwhile, remember that $1.5 billion investment Disney made in Epic Games? We have more details on that. Disney's investment will give it a 9% stake in Epic at a valuation of $22.5 billion, which is down around 29% from Epic's 2022 valuation of $31.5 billion. Quoting the information, the equity deal is part of a multi year project for the two companies to create, quote, an all new open, persistent, and social universe that will bring Disney stories and experiences to life, interoperating with. Fortnite, Epic said in a press release. Epic expects its partnership with Disney to generate more revenue than the roughly $2 billion it gets from Fortnite annually, the person said. The price Disney paid is roughly in line with where mutual funds such as Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, and BlackRock have marked their stakes in Epic Games recently, according to CapLite, which tracks the secondary market for private startup stock. The Disney deal is the latest step in a winding financial history for Epic, which Chief Executive Officer Tim Sweeney started in his parents' basement in 1991. He sold a 40% stake to Tencent in 2012 and raised $1.25 billion in 2017 from KKR, Vulcan Capital, and Kleiner Perkins at a $15 billion valuation. In 2021 and 2022, Epic raised hundreds of millions of dollars from companies such as Sony and the parent company of Lego, as well as financial firms like Appaloosa Management, KKR, and GIC in successive deals that valued the firm at $28.7 and $31.5 billion respectively." End quote. bit of a speed bump here. Word came down yesterday that the FTC is seeking a pause in Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition. Why? Because a couple weeks ago, Microsoft announced plans to lay off around 1,900 workers at both Activision and its Xbox unit, and the FTC is arguing those layoffs contradict Microsoft's prior claims about running Activision as a separate business. But Microsoft immediately responded in court by saying Activision had planned layoffs before the merger, quoting Bloomberg. In its letter, Microsoft said that while some of the layoffs relate to overlap between its existing staff and Activision, the company continues to operate its newly acquired unit in such a way that it could be spun off if later required to by the court. Quote, consistent with broader trends in the gaming industry, Activision was already planning on eliminating a significant number of jobs while still operating as an independent company, Microsoft told a federal appeals court in San Francisco. The recent announcement thus cannot be attributed fully to the merger, end quote. I mean, they do have a point considering the layoff bloodbath in the gaming industry in recent months, but we'll see if the feds buy that. In the streaming wars, at least, it seems like people have largely accepted all the price rises for their streaming services, But there is a point where consumers will rebel over something costing more as Ring, the video doorbell division of Amazon, is maybe finding out. Ring customers are all over the internet right now complaining vociferously about a huge price hike coming next month, quoting the BBC. After buying the devices, customers can pay a subscription to store footage in the cloud, download clips, and get discounted products. That subscription is going up 43% in Britain from $34.99 to $49.99 per device per year, for basic plan customers. The firm, which is owned by Amazon, insisted it still provided quote, some of the best value in the industry. Its customers appear not to agree. One took to the Ring message board to say they would cancel their subscriptions and boycott the company. Another user wrote quote, 40% plus increase in annual fee for no extra benefits, not even an attempt to justify end quote. Many other customers said they had now canceled their subscriptions while some said they had previously recommended the cameras but would not do so now. In a statement, Amazon said, quote, Since Ring launched its Protect Basic plan in 2015, we've regularly found ways to enhance the plan to give our customers more value. As we continue to invest in the services we offer, we are updating our Protect Basic plan pricing, end quote. The Basic plan has doubled since 2022 when it costs $24.99 per year for each device. Ring customers can also pay monthly for them. Charges are increasing from $349 to $4.99 a month, end quote. The Verge says that here in the US the price is going up twenty-five percent, four ninety-nine monthly or forty-nine ninety-nine yearly to subscribe to the Ring Protect Basic plan, an increase of a dollar a month or ten dollars a year. And as The Verge points out, quote, without a subscription, all you can do with a Ring camera is view a live stream and get alerts for motion from your camera. The hikes feel designed to push users to subscribe to the company's higher-priced plans, which are not increasing. The next tier up, $10 a month or $100 a year, covers unlimited cameras and now makes more sense if you have two or more Ring devices. Then it's an easier jump to add yet another camera since it won't cost you any more per month, end quote. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. Get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1, 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Android Mac and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins all you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else your logins your credit cards secure notes or the office Wi-Fi password one password generates as many strong unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to I started using one password what a decade ago join me and over a hundred thousand businesses on board the one password bandwagon because right now my listeners get get a free 2 week trial at onepassword.com/ride. That's 2 free weeks at the number one the word password all one word.com/ride. onepassword.com/ride. Lots of weird funding and finance news today, and we already mentioned Masasan briefly, but hey, SoftBank seems to be bouncing back. They reported net profit of $6.4 billion in its most recent quarter after four quarters of losses lifted by a T-Mobile U.S. shares windfall. The Vision Fund unit reported a $2.85 billion gain, and that looks like it could be significantly more, because remember, SoftBank used to own ARM. Then they took ARM public Recently, it's a publicly traded company now reporting earnings, and Arm earnings are good. ARM stock closed 47.89% higher after issuing a strong profit forecast, adding around $38 billion to its market cap. Now, here's the thing. More than $34 billion of that will accrue to SoftBank because SoftBank still owns 90% of Arm. Quoting CNBC, Acquired by Masayoshi Son SoftBank in 2016 for $32 billion, Arm went public on the NASDAQ in September. The company sold shares at a $51 a piece share price in its IPO, and that was trading above $122 a share on Thursday. Son remains chairman of the company, and he's joined on the board by SoftBank's Ron Fisher. Because of SoftBank's overwhelming control of the stock, Arm shares remain thinly traded compared to other large cap companies. That could change in the coming months after the post IPO lockup period ends in March, and insiders, including SoftBank, are finally able to sell shares. SoftBank's flagship tech investment arm had a rough time in the fiscal year that ended in March last year, posting a record loss of around $32 billion amid a slump in tech stock prices and the souring of some of the business's bets in China. The company's cumulative loss on WeWork topped 14 billion dollars quote. But I guess the lesson here is, you only have to be right once if the bet you're right on was big enough. Time for the Week on Long Read Suggestions, and this week, there's only one, but it comes in two parts. You might have heard researchers recently used AI to read the Herculaneum papyri charred in AD 79 by Mount Vesuvius's eruption, and if they are successful in reading this trove of documents, it could potentially rewrite key parts of ancient world history – And there's a tech angle to this. You might know Nat Friedman as one of the most prominent investors of this AI era, also the former CEO of GitHub. Turns out Nat personally funded the research that led to this breakthrough. Quoting Bloomberg, The Herculaneum papyri are a collection of scrolls whose status among classicists approaches the mythical. The scrolls were buried inside an Italian countryside villa by the same volcanic eruption in 79 AD that froze Pompeii in time. To date, only about 800 have been recovered from the small portion of the villa that's been excavated. But it's thought that the villa, which historians believe belonged to Julius Caesar's prosperous father-in-law, had a huge library that could contain thousands or even tens of thousands more. Such a hall would represent the largest collection of ancient texts ever discovered, and the conventional wisdom among scholars is that it would multiply our supply of ancient Greek and Roman poetry, plays, and philosophy by many fold. High on their wish lists are works by the likes of Sappho and Sophocles, but some say it's easy to imagine fresh revelations about the earliest years of Christianity as well. The reason we don't know exactly what's in the Herculaneum papyri is you know, volcano. The scrolls were preserved by the voluminous amount of super-hot mud and debris that surrounded them, but the knock-on effects of Mount Vesuvius charred them beyond recognition. The ones that have been excavated look like leftover logs in a doused campfire. People have spent hundreds of years trying to unroll them, sometimes carefully, sometimes not. And the scrolls are brittle. Even the most meticulous attempts at unrolling have tended to end badly, with them crumbling into ashy pieces. In recent years, efforts have been made to create high-resolution 3D scans of the scroll interiors, the idea being to unspool them virtually. This work, though, has often been more tantalizing than revelatory. Scholars have been able to glimpse only snippets of the scrolls, innards, and hints of ink on the papyrus. Some experts have sworn they could see letters in the scans, but consensus proved elusive, and scanning the entire cache is logistically difficult and prohibitively expensive for all but the deepest-pocketed patrons. Anything on the order of words or paragraphs has long remained a mystery." But Nat Friedman wasn't your average Rome-loving dad. He was the chief executive officer of GitHub, the massive software development platform that Microsoft acquired in 2018. Within GitHub, Friedman had been developing one of the first coding assistants powered by artificial intelligence, and he'd seen the rising power of AI firsthand. He had a hunch that AI algorithms might be able to find patterns in the scroll images that humans had missed. After studying the problem for some time and ingratiating himself with the classics community, Friedman, who's left GitHub to become an AI-focused investor, decided to start a contest. Last year, he launched the Vesuvius Challenge, offering $1 million in prizes to people who could develop AI software capable of reading four passages from a single scroll. Maybe there was obvious stuff no one had tried, he recalls, thinking, my life has validated this notion again and again, end quote. As the months ticked by, it became clear that Freeman's Hunch was a good one. Contestants from around the world, many of them 20-somethings with computer science backgrounds, developed new techniques for taking the 3D scans and flattening them into more readable sheets. Some appeared to find letters, then words. They swapped messages about their work and progress on a Discord chat, as the often much older classicists sometimes looked on in hopeful awe and sometimes slagged off the amateur historians. On February 5th, Friedman and his academic partner, Brent Seals, a computer science professor and scroll expert, plan to reveal that a group of contestants has delivered transcriptions of many more than four passages from one of the scrolls. While it's too early to draw any sweeping conclusions from this bit of work, Freeman says he's confident that the same techniques will deliver far more of the scrolls' contents. My goal, he says, is to unlock all of them, end quote. Well, as mentioned, they did on Monday reveal the details of the first scrolls to be read, and the final link in the show notes is to a National Geographic article about that. No weekend bonus episodes for you this weekend, though we've got more coming down the pike beginning next week. Talk to you on Monday.